Welcome into another edition of the Marcus Saul podcast, where we talk all things Marcus Saul. Uh, <laughs> today, we'd like to celebrate his championship. I think I'm kidding, of course. You are. I'm Marcus Saul. Pleasure <laughs> meeting you, sir. This is Sportball with Squam, Stogie, and Skulldog. I'm your boy Sam. With me as always, and today in person, my goodness, are my good friends Seth and Kyle. How you guys doing? Hey. Hey. Oh, well. uh, for those of you at home watching this on YouTube, you're not actually watching it because we're not recording a video <laughs> due to only one viewer per video being achieved by us. So it'll just be audio this time. Apologies to uh, my friend, not coworker, Trevor Price of On the Ice with Trevor Price for not having a video. Lovely program. <laughs> I listen to it every morning on my commute. <laughs> Alright, we have a lot to get through today, guys, so should we stop fucking around or what? Yeah, I got a dog I need to get back to, so... Same here. How about you, Seth? I'm going to a wedding later. So he's alone. No he's dog. No dog in this race. <laughs> <clears throat> Horse in this race, huh? <laughs> so we have a lot of NBA to hit. I wanted to start out with a finals recap, because after all, that is the most important part of the season, you might say. Um, then we'll hit next year's finals odds and do some free agent talk and finally a draft recap, which... I'm sure Kyle will handle most of that since me and Seth only know players that we saw in the Sweet 16 and on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, let's hit the finals first. So the Toronto Raptors are your 2019 NBA champions, um, which I would pretty much guess none of us predicted at the beginning of the year. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on, on the Raptors, on Kawhi's playoff run, and, and um, on the Warriors and where they go from here? Four topics, hit them all. <laughs> I mean, Kawhi just shows again that come playoff time, he is uh, probably top three, four player in the NBA when it comes to big games. Um, I don't know, like, he put the team on his back when they needed, and when he was struggling, everyone else stepped up. So, I mean, they took what was theirs. I'm glad they did. The only person I would have enjoyed seeing win on the Warriors was Clay Thompson. So, hmm. Yeah, Kyle Lowry played his best playoffs by far of his career, which was maybe because they didn't need him as much as they have relied on him in previous years. Um, it was nice to see Mark as much as we've joked about it. I'm glad that he got a championship, even though it could be debated how much of an integral part of the team he was. And I was Would it be debated? <laughs> I was one, like, once KD and Clay went out, then it was DeMarcus Cousins, who was their basically second option on offense. Right. And then they didn't even have Gasol in the game. I'm like, I thought this is the entire point was for, to have him to guard a big guy who's going to be a bruiser down low. But Well, he needed, he needed a little bit of rest. Okay. Uh, usually in Spain, they can't play 48. Siestas. Yeah, so credit goes to the Raptors, but... It was just a shame to see so many those two marquee injuries mm-hmm. for the Warriors. I think a lot of other people have debated for many hours about Durant's injury, how much the team knew beforehand. Was it always an Achilles injury? Why did they think he couldn't get re-injured? All that kind of stuff. But for me, it was just a bummer, and you hate to see that in the finals. And then with Clay's injury as well... Um, I think most people are pretty confident that he'll come back, you know, to be his current self again. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know if it's an asterisk on their championship. I don't really like when people say that because injuries happen every year. And if you go and look throughout NBA history, there are champions that happen like because of injuries. The Warriors. 2015. Exactly. Most of their wins. Yeah, the Warriors in 2015 uh, had the pleasure of playing LeBron without Kyrie and Kevin Love. And, I mean... Every championship year, you need a lot of luck. That's just how it right. works in the NBA. A lot of injury luck and a lot of matchup luck. So, I certainly don't think, yeah, they deserve an asterisk. I think they deserve a lot of credit for winning. But it just would have been more fun if they at least <laughs> had been playing against Clay and stuff. For sure. Uh, so. Yeah, let's uh, let's delve a little bit into the the Achilles injury for Durant. I mean, my, my thoughts are that, um, I mean, I want to give... The Warriors the benefit of the doubt right but obviously the results are what they are you know and um, I'm sure they wouldn't have let him play if they thought there was you know higher than a 1% chance or whatever it may be that or even a 1% chance that his Achilles was going to tear or had been you know had been compromised by his previous injury and I know I'm confident that they didn't force him to play and that I'm confident that he wanted to play because as much, like, I don't know why we give him so much flack for assuming that he just wanted to sit out. Like, I know for a fact that he wanted to play because that's what he loves to do. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind about that. Okay, I don't know that for a fact because I'm not close personal friends with Kevin Durant. What? He's here in the room right now. (laughs) I mean, he's here, but he's just an acquaintance. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just just a shame that it happened. Um, Obviously... The Warriors are going to have to rethink what their process is in letting him play, but I, I don't want to really... I guess I don't want to like blame the Warriors for what happened or really Kevin Durant. I think it's just it's just a shame that it happened, but I don't know if it was necessarily a mistake by the Warriors or if it was a mistake because of the results, you know? I mean, I guess you have to say it was a mistake because he tore his Achilles, right? But I'm not sure what they, else they could have done. I mean, obviously, Kevin Durant's a competitor. He wanted to play... Any NBA player that's injured wants to play. They want to get back on the court. So it has nothing to do with him. It's just I had qualms with the the um, the Warriors medical staff, obviously, for, like, there was obviously something more wrong that they didn't tell us initially. Like, just a calf strain wouldn't have kept him out, I don't think, for over a month. And then at the position they were in, they were down 3-1. And we know historically, those are odds. The odds are stacked against you like crazy to come back from that to win. So to put him in a position to say, go ahead and play when the chances of us winning have only been done once in history, you know, it's just a weird situation. Mm -hmm. And that's really what my whole thing was about it. So you don't think he should have played at all? I don't I mean at that point no. Like if it was a two two series and they were comfortable obviously letting him play, let him play. But down three one, I it just it didn't make sense to me to have to, you know, put him even in a position to injure himself more when the odds of winning another championship were so low at that point. When he's one of, if not the best player in the NBA, you want him healthy. And now you know, you took your chances and they he injured himself even worse and now he's out at least until the playoffs next year if everything goes well in his rehab. So, um, you know, you had that and then you also had uh, Kevon Looney too who 
shouldn't have been playing either. Obviously, they said that he wanted to play. Yeah, again, he's an NBA well, player. He's a competitor. He wants to play. The dude like tore his rotator cuff or something. I'm no doctor. He couldn't but move his arm. I'm no doctor, but it seemed like that injury was like actually uh, Sam Scully, PhD, not medical though. Oh, uh, makes sense. <laughs> but he, it seemed like one of those injuries where he just like uh, broke his collarbone or something, and he. That was a rib. Yeah, something in that area. It's a rotator cuff. Do we know? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't know body parts. <laughs> and he, uh, and he was like in a lot of pain, but couldn't really injure it more. He just had to like it was just a question of if he could play through the pain. But then he just like kept get, getting hit, and he just couldn't handle it. I think that's what's hap- what happened there. And with Kevin, Dur- my question with Kevin Durant is like, okay, you say he should have played if it was two two. Well, if he's fine enough to play if it's two two. Then he's fine enough to play in a game. So I think if the Warriors, it's the, the same Warriors risk. have to believe with the talent they have on their team that they could come back from a three-one. Like yeah, you can't just him. roll over and assume that. Oh, like, well, it's not worth it because we don't have a chance of winning now. Like, I think they have to believe as a franchise that they still have a chance. And probably if Kevin Durant did come back and was fully healthy and didn't re-injure himself, they. I believe they could have. Not saying they definitely would have, but... I mean, Game 6 was very close. Yeah, uh, but that, my whole thing is just, like, from a statistics standpoint and, you know, an odds standpoint, the odds of doing, you know, pulling off the... coming back from 3-1 didn't overweight... or over... Um, is it overweight? No. Over... Underproof. Underproof. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it, it didn't like outweigh the yes, outweigh. the fact you know that Kevin Durant's coming off of an injury where he didn't play for a month, and reports of him at practices where he wasn't even running, he was doing he was spot up shooting at all you know the couple practices that he had leading up to when he came back in the game. I take a little uh, umbrage with you with like the odds of the three. I understand what the odds of the three one comeback are. It's only happened once, but I think you kind of throw the odds out when you're adding in the best player in the league, right? I mean, that makes it completely different. The odds of you coming back from three one when it's a completely different team with the best player in the league, you know? Yeah, but still, I mean, I like that's just my my thoughts on it, and that's my opinion, and. You know, what does that make me? <laughs> I know you guys don't agree, but I wouldn't have taken the chance. I mean, I see your come, side. Of yeah, it for sure. To do that when I already have the best player in the league. Yeah, he might leave in free agency. You never know. But I'm not going to put a player's career at risk to do something that's been done once in the history of the NBA, you know? I mean, I'm not going to, like, say we you're not right because... All day. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to... I don't really have an argument against you because what happened was he tore his Achilles. I mean, the results... So I was right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just say it. I was right. <laughs> the results support you, but I'm more inclined to believe that it was just kind of a freak thing than any fault to anyone. But it's just really, it's just really depressing because no one's ever come back from an Achilles injury and been the same again. I just don't think we're ever going to see the same... Kevin Durant again, which is really depressing. Yeah, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet, so I'm not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. Who's to say? We'll find out in a little over a year. Not me. All right, so do you think, I guess my next question kind of related to that injury, it's twofold, you might say. Kyle's just got up. I'm moving this chair. He's moving a chair for those at home. Riveting Mm. podcast work here. He's lifting. He's trying to do it oh, gently so it doesn't tough one. make too much noise. Oh. Just <laughs> I just 
<laughs> them behind I most feel creepy. much more comfortable out here. Okay, should we, all right, let's move over a little bit. We're readjusting. Yeah. Um, we're back. Okay, so uh, my my question is twofold. And Your I'll first ask, was fourfold. I'll ask it thrice. <laughs> okay, so kind of going hand in hand, what do you think? Do you think Kevin Durant will re-sign with the Warriors? Do you think he will go to the Knicks? Do you think that it's injury like helped the Warriors retain him or hurt their chances of retaining him and then maybe talk about what you think that means for the Warriors going forward and if they can you know even be any sort of title contender next year based on reports that I've seen already is that the Warriors are going to sign both Kevin Durant and Clay at least for next season um, sign them to those max deals and while that seems weird, considering Clay probably won't play until at least you know after the All Star break, and Kevin Durant might not play at all next season, it's the Warriors doing something for players that have helped them win you know three championships. So um, another thing I read was that they might, when they resign Kevin Durant, they might just do so to help him rehab with the know that he's going to you know be traded to another team and kind of help each other out because then if he's signed with Warriors and traded, they'll at least be able to get something back from that. So That makes sense. Yeah, I think that would work well for both teams. I think that... Mutually beneficial parting of ways, perhaps. Yeah. And I think that I would be fine with doing that if I was the Warriors. I mean, I'm fine with throwing away next year. I mean, maybe not, you know, I think Steph and Draymond and... The ragtag gang of non-shooters can at least sneak into the playoffs. Um, They're not going to sneak in. <laughs> I think they'll still be like a, a five, five seed. If, you know. Yeah, I I don't think they'll be top four seed. Though. I guess that's what I meant by sneak. They'll still be frisky. It could though. be five, <laughs> but there's no way in hell. Absolutely could be no way. Not a chance. <laughs> uh, and then you get Clay. You'll definitely get Clay back. He'll definitely stay. I think for the next year, and you can run it back with the Splash Brothers at least. Maybe Kevin stays as well. So I mean, I think you have that luxury, right? When you. You know, you can throw that money at those players and take a year off. So it seems like, ironically, the injury helped the Warriors in so much as their chances of keeping Kevin Durant. Because it seemed like before the injury, everyone was just had him already penciled in on the Knicks, right? And so now maybe he'll stay. Whether he signs the max deal, maybe he does a one and one to see how his rehab goes or maybe they at least get something back from him if they're able to make a trade which would be some consolation because the other option would be if they just let him go or if he leaves in free agency then maybe they have some cap space to sign somebody who can help them next year but so I think it really doesn't put them in too bad of a position and I think Given that they have Steph Curry still, I'm not going to rule them out from anything in the future, and we'll see how Clay's recovery goes. And it'd be kind of fun to watch just like his role players, just Steph next year, like probably scoring thirty more than thirty a game, and just trying to lift this group to any sort of offensive success. <laughs> yeah, being able just to watch late night Steph Curry and Draymond Green pick and roll action, I think, is going to be. A- that's a beautiful me, way to fall asleep. I mean, it's going to give me a lot of wet dreams, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to mention, this is really bad for the Knicks. Oh, I yeah. mean, because best case scenario, you get a KD coming off an Achilles tear next year. Worst case scenario, he decides, oh, I'm going to rehab with the Warriors. And you know what? I kind of like it here. I'll just stay. 
So well, and then they were probably going to get somebody else in free agency this year <clears throat> right. that they're not going to get now because Kyrie why would they go Kemba. if Kevin Durant's not playing this year? Exactly. Because they got R.J. Barrett, R.J. Wetnut, call him by his Christian name. Uh, how about uh, the Raptors? So it's kind of funny because you know they're either the t- one of the title favorites for next year or Kawhi is gone, right? And they probably still made the playoffs, but certainly aren't favorites by any means. Do you think Kawhi? This makes Kawhi stay in Toronto, winning this championship, or do you think he's Gone to LA. It's Kawhi. Who's to say? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kawhi is, you know, he solidified himself as one of my three, four favorite players in the NBA just based on videos I watched of him. You know, we think he's quiet and stuff, but he's actually a pretty funny guy. Yeah. So those New Balance shirt that just said fun guy <laughs> were, were true. Um, and then they dropped, New Balance came out with Boardman Gets Paid shirts mm-hmm. in Times New Roman font. <laughs> and they, they sold out in 20 minutes on their website after they Yo, won we the gotta championship. Yeah, we got to get some of those. I just said they sold out. Well, <laughs> you got connections, right? I might. Um, but I honestly don't know. There were pictures that came out yesterday of Kawhi at Home Depot buying moving boxes. So of course, um, I love I love the NBA offseason. <laughs> but he could be moving to another place in Toronto. Right, you never yeah. know. Well, and he like, yeah, he does have the house in LA. Brentwood or wherever. I yeah. love the NBA offseason where we all become realtors. <laughs> and like. yeah. So I don't know. Like it's weird to think about. In one season, Kawhi solidified himself as the best Raptors player ever. Right? Yeah. Besides the future Pascal Siakam, of course. Right, right. I mean, the funny thing is, I, I feel like it's like almost 50-50 at this point, don't you? Like, it's so up in the air. Like, I could definitely see him signing in for Toronto for a one-and-one, one, run it back with, with Mark and Kyle and Serge, because all, all those contracts are up in 2020, so they could yeah. probably take another year, and then at the end of the year, he reassesses, says, well, all these contracts are up, I'll just go to LA now. Or he might say, well, I've done what I came here to do. I brought the Toronto championship. Now I want to live in LA where I've always wanted to live. And I mean, more power to him if he does that. So it's very up in the air. And I think the odds really reflect that because I think both, aren't both the Raptors and um, Clippers 10 to 1 for the winning the championship next year? Uh, the Clippers are 10 to 1. And the Raptors are uh, 7 and a half to 1. I just looked. So maybe the, the Raptors are their prohibitive favorites to keep him at this point, judging by the sports books. What are they now, though? Let's just just read all the odds for the people, would you? Because are we they just probably moving need... on to next year's final odds? I'm not reading all the odds. Just read the ones that we're interested in. These people need to know what their best bet should be. We already know what the best bet is. Yeah, we'll we'll read the top like five ish, and then we'll give our best bet. Top, but say it in a way I like it when you do like the three to one, nine right, to one. Right, right, right. I don't understand the other kind. <clears throat> okay, so uh, <laughs> this is why I'm such a, I'm such a good gambler. <laughs> the Lakers are the overwhelming favorites next year. Um, they Which are is wild. Yeah, honestly. They have two, no other players. Two and a half to one. Um, and then after them, you got the Milwaukee Bucks at six and a half to one. And then I misspoke earlier. Toronto is seven to one. Not seven and a half. Uh, the Warriors are eight and a half to one. What are the Sixers? The Sixers are uh, 11 to one. Um... That's kind of decent value. The Rockets are nine to one, and those are like the top teams. Everything else is double digit, uh, you know, over eleven to one odds. Give them our two good ones. My my two favorites so far are two. Well, our favorite 
is Denver at eighteen to one. So Let's put a hundred dollar bet on Denver. They win the title. You win eighteen hundred. Well, here's the thing. Um, we just talked about the Warriors having two huge injuries, right? Um, the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis, but they haven't really filled out their roster yet. So who knows what happens there? Houston has a bit of turmoil internally, which we'll get to later. The West is wide open, right? This is what we said last year about the East. The East was wide open when LeBron left, and now you have Mm -hmm. a dynasty team that's run the West, get severe injuries of their two of their best three players, and so if you can find a team at eighteen to one who has a top eight player in Jokic in the league, and should have made the conference finals, we know is what you need to win a championship, right? And we say just said the West is wide open. I think that's a great value. And there's reports that Michael Porter Jr. has been looking incredible so far during like, camp this offseason. Attractiveness or just... Both. Yeah. yeah. style, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I'm but, really excited for this next season, too, because this is the first season since... Probably since LeBron went to... Miami. To, went to Miami that we haven't really known who the prohibitive favorite is to win the championship, right? I mean, it just feels so wide open. And Denver has young players that you would expect to continue to get better. Jamal, if they're yeah. Not making any big moves in free agency. Jamal, Jamal impressed me. In the yeah, playoffs. Jamal, yeah. the last two rounds of the playoffs, was he was pretty lights out. I love floor. Jamal, dude. Uh, he's got to work on his defense this summer, and if that's something that he does do, and we even get, you know, hat or twice as good defense of what he is, which he's not anything right now. <laughs> defensively. He's, a, he's a chair. <laughs> um, those are just great odds. And then with the new. Uh, news of Utah getting Mike Conley. Junior. At, is he a junior? No. Senior, excuse, excuse me. They're, Utah uh, junior? The Jazz are 25-1, to 1, and we just talked about how wide open the West was, and you have Mike Conley, who's great at defense. Uh, really good scoring, too. Um, Donovan Mitchell in his third year, who we know what Donnie is, and then you have the best, arguably, rim protector in the NBA, or one of, in Rudy Gobert. Um, yeah, the only thing that worries me about that one, although I will say twenty five to one is great value for them, so actually I've decided I'm in on that as well. Good, good. But the only thing that would worry me about them is they don't really have a superstar, unless Donnie takes that leap into maybe a top twelve player. Then I could see their, you know, them running through the West. But otherwise, it would have to be more in like the Detroit Pistons, great defense, no superstar kind of. I think that that's thing. probably more of what we're gonna see defensively now with the addition of Conley is. Gonna be one of the, if not the best defense defensive team in the NBA, I think. Yeah, but they're gonna ditch the uh, doggy style defense on James Harden next year in the playoffs. You think? <laughs> Maybe. Who's to say, really? <laughs> um, uh, one more thing on the Nuggets too. I would say we should jump on that bet before they sign a free agent because I think they're gonna be pretty aggressive in the yeah. free agent market. Maybe for a Tobias Harris or a type like that. So that probably will bring their odds down. Um, so yeah, we, we gotta get, the, that. get on this. Well, that's your. That's Kyle. It's Tobias. Son. Kyle's our bookie, but he never makes any bets. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Aren't you glad? <laughs> if I did, we would have just been out money. At this. That's true. We were going to bet on the Celtics. So like, I'm just like, I'm foreseeing. We're going to bet on the Celtics like four times until we realized that they were dysfunctional. I'm in 2029 while you guys are in 2019. I don't know what to tell you. In 2029, sports betting is banned again, so you can't make any. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we ready to move on to the Anthony Davis trade? Yeah. Which we've circled around, but haven't really mm. smacked right in the face. Let me look up what exactly it was because it's very complicated. No, that's not what I want to read. All right, so <laughs> I want to read something else that takes me five minutes to get to. That is it. Actually, the same. I want to be an in podcast researcher like Kyle. Okay, so 
Um, the Lakers received Anthony Davis, a good player. You might have heard of him. One unibrow, one dream. And the Pelicans get Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, the number four pick in the draft, which ended up being um, trade. traded to the Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Hawks for... Eight. <laughs> <laughs> they do this thing where... <laughs> Sam says all the other words in the sentence. Kyle says the ones you actually care about. <laughs> and then the... 8 and 17, I think, right? Yeah, and then the um, the Pelicans also received a slew of Lakers future picks. The 21, 21 pick, if it only if it falls within the top eight. Otherwise, it goes into an unprotected 2022 first-round pick, which is big because both of those years might be the first year of the double draft where high school players be become available. It's 2022 I don't 2023. We, I don't think we know yet. Wow. 2023 is the unprotected pick. I just got off the phone with that the was swapped with the Ra- <laughs> with the Raiders. What? What am I saying right now? Holy shit, he's falling apart. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> uh, so, and then they also have uh, swapping rights on first rounders in 2023. So, if the Lakers have a better pick, they can swap with them. Then they also have the Lakers unprotected first round pick in 2024, where conceivably LeBron will be gone or old. Well, he'll definitely be old. He may be gone. <laughs> I mean, he may be gone before that. But like, then they also three have... Three more years, right? Yeah. No, I think that's the last year of his contract. 2023? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so he'll definitely be gone and presumably dead <laughs> in 2024. <laughs> and the... Uh, but they also, if they don't like that 2024 pick, they can just move it to 2025 and it's unprotected if they decide that's better for them. So, basically... I'll tell you right now, the 2025 lottery picks look fantastic. <laughs> I've been watching I've been, them in 8th grade. I've been following the 7th and 8th grade circuit pretty heavily. Do they look as good as Michael Porter Jr., though? No, no. When no, he walks in a room, not. everyone stops. He lights up a room. He looks terrible at basketball, though. <laughs> The so, man can't stand the court. Here's what I want to discuss. I'll give you another fourfold topic. Who won this trade? That's it. Let's just start with that. <laughs> there are three more <laughs> folds. I send you back. Let's just let's just start with that. Uh, Kyle, why don't you go? Because then you're going to say the Pelicans won it. The Pelicans did win the trade. <laughs> well, I, it's hard to say because obviously the Lakers did what they had to do to pair LeBron with another superstar who we were arguing before he got injured is, you know... Could be said, could be said to be the, you know, best player in the NBA. He was averaging what, like twenty four, fourteen, and something like that. He was averaging something crazy. I think your points 24. were too low and your rebounds were too high. Was I don't it like know. Twenty eight and twelve. Or it was something? like twenty eight and thirteen. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> much different. <laughs> you said rebounds are too high. It's not fourteen. It's thirteen. You fool. The Warriors are gonna be fourth. Either way, either way. So, you know, he's the best big man in the NBA, though, right? Definitely. Maybe Jokic is up there, but that's just coming from me. So he really, you gotta take AD, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. At the same time, though, with the what the Pelicans did with the picks that they got, they killed the draft, and really just, you know, obviously you got Zion Williamson or otherwise. I heard of him, yeah, or National Park. <laughs> they actually traded the National Park. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's tough to say now. Yeah. I mean, Just with like the, everything else we've talked about, we really can't say. I mean, because th- this trade has so many future picks, like, it could end up being all, like, 
picks in the twenties, or some of them could like one of, could end up being the number one overall pick in the draft. So it's really hard to say like what exactly the haul is for the Pelicans, right? The Pelicans and, are just gonna do this thing where they get the number one pick like every seven years, and it's yeah, a yeah, monumental superstar <laughs> player. And like we don't really know what Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball are going to turn into. So those are like the two huge factors yeah. that are really up there. I mean, there. I think we all agree the Pelicans did well. They needed yeah. to trade AD. Yeah. They got probably more in exchange than anyone has ever gotten in trading a superstar. Yeah. Especially one that they knew was disgruntled and was going to leave in a year anyways. Right. That being said, nothing that they got is like surefire 100% gonna be a superstar gonna Zion. be an all-star but that wasn't from the trade yeah, yeah, okay, from... yeah, yeah, yeah that's the thing like you got like so they got all these things but i can almost guarantee nothing they got is gonna be as good as anthony davis so you know I mean, not no one but, person yeah. is probably from that trade gonna be as good as anthony yeah. davis but together some of be. them might yeah. be greater than anthony davis yeah but so i think some I think of us are greater than others both teams are happy which is why they made the trade. What? <laughs> is that how trades They both wanted to do it. <laughs> and uh, I hate the Lakers, so... Are they happy, though? Can we talk about Rob Palenka not understanding the fact that if they processed the, tra- the trade on July yeah. 7th, they lost out on, like, 7 or $8 million? Yeah, so basically if they if they process the trade when they first can, which is July 6th or whatever, yes, then the Lakers will only have about 22... 23. $23 million dollars in cap space available because Anthony Davis gets like a four million dollar trade kicker or some bullshit like that and apparently Rob was like oh I didn't realize we wouldn't have and it if we did this <laughs> not just that they would have got compensation money for their picks too yeah and I mean, so just another blunder by the Lakers front office that hasn't really done anything right <laughs> Here's my the qualm. last ten years. Here's my qualm. They would have had this. close to thirty two million if they would have processed it on July thirty first. Or July 30th. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think the Pelicans are going to let them do that unless they put no, a little sweetener. No, the Pelicans sweetener. didn't let them do that. That's well, why. unless they put a little sweetener. They send them like a, maybe a box of Splenda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're running low in the office. And we love Splenda in our coffee. Save us. <laughs> it's like when Kyle Corver got traded for a uh, copy machine. <laughs> But he, remember, I saw, I saw an interview where he said he's still playing in the league and the copy machine got replaced. <laughs> that was great. So he won that one. Uh, my qualm with this is, so even if the Lakers find some way to open up a max slot, the problem is the only players currently on their roster are LeBron. You may have heard, heard of him. him. Anthony Davis. Who? And Kyle Kuzma, Mo Wagner, and some guy I don't even know what his name is. Buanya. Isaac yeah. Bonga. Yeah. Bonga. So they have four players. Five players under contract, and I wouldn't want to start. How many play at a time again? And I wouldn't even want to start two of them. So they have a lot of work to do on the roster. And I would feel better about this trade if I felt better about the Lakers front office and their ability to fill out a roster well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have no faith in them at all. And I think that even if they open up a max slot, what I would prefer them to do if I was a Lakers fan is fill that <clears throat> with several high-quality role players. Because I don't necessarily want a Kemba Walker uh, handling the ball and taking a lot of shots when I have LeBron to do that. And I already have Anthony Davis to take a lot of shots as well. And, I mean, it would be nice if you had Kemba but also had some role players, but you don't have either. I think the question is, like, who are the actual role players that they would be able to get with that amount of money? I think the choice is between Kemba Walker or, like, Garrett Temple and just a bunch of random guys, then I'd rather have Kemba. But I like if Garrett. I could actually Garrett's get body like, is a temple. If I could actually get like 
Malcolm Brogdon and wow. JJ Redick and Seth Curry. Like yeah. I would probably have to take those three over. Yeah, I feel like they That's keep Rondo. You think Rondo signs back for less though? He got oh, nine mil less. Rondo the would podcast be nice that you don't listen to or just <laughs> haven't recently was saying that at the end of the season Rondo like pulled a bunch of shit and was like oh, yeah. burning his bridges with the Lakers. So. Remember him? He sat like on the end of the bench and they made a whole deal. With that him. was so dumb though. That who cares? But apparently what he sat? it was. Maybe that was just so. a Luke Walton thing too. Yeah, and now that he's gone, that he would be fine. I don't know. Uh, I would maybe they can snag like I heard some names out there like Patrick Beverly. Uh, Bring Brooke Lopez back. The problem is yes. all these players are going to get like $10 million. Yeah, I least. don't think they can actually afford it. Like, it's easy to say in the abstract, you'd rather have those like high quality role players, but right. they could maybe sign one of those and then the rest is going to be like right. veterans minimum. Because most of those players are getting at least $10 million, $12 million, you know? Contavious Caldwell Pope last year made $12 million. Well, Yeah. If Contavious Caldwell Pope can Contavious. make $12 million, then I can make $12 million to miss <laughs> corner threes. <laughs> But, yeah, I think Brooke, Brogdon, Patrick Beverly, Right. I don't imagine yeah. them getting more I gotta say, I'm really glad they made that stupid trade halfway through to get rid of uh, Iveka Zubak to get um, yeah, they can Mike Muscala for, right for Mike Muscala year. is trash. You heard it here first. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting letters for that one. <laughs> okay, Kyle, I know you're going to argue that the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs this season, so tell me, yeah. tell me why. I, think they I already know all of his points before he, <laughs> so, he says them. Is there a four seed, four seed or a five seed? No, no, no. I think it's probably six. You were close, though. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be one seed behind the Warriors? Um, yeah, yeah. I think we're, you know, Lonzo's going to come back healthy. He should. And... He showed flashes, obviously, his last two seasons. If he could stay healthy, he's got one of the best court visions in the NBA. And you obviously have Zion, who is the best pick since, you know, Davis, Davis, KD, one of them. Um, And I think we keep overlooking the fact that Drew is still on the team, Holiday. Oh, I think about uh, talking about uh, Drew Drew Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Drew Holiday is still on the team. Who? No one's gonna get that except for a select few. <laughs> I mean, there's only a select few that listen. That's so true. <laughs> so um, all of our five listeners. Get it. <laughs> so he obviously one of the best two guard defenders, I would say, in the NBA. Um, and he showed that he could shoulder the load too when you know there's no one else on the team to do anything. Um, and then. Who knows what Brandon Ingram's going to do, but um, you also got, you fulfilled that center spot that they needed too in their draft, in the draft by getting Jackson Hayes from Texas, who... Tell me about him, because I didn't watch him in the tournament, so I know nothing about him. He wasn't in the tournament. They made the NIT, though. Um, Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, he is just huge. Uh, I think he's like seven, he's a little over seven feet, and he's got like a seven-seven wingspan. Is that (laughs) good? And uh, it's seven, the one six. problem, the one one of his big problems though in college was staying out of foul trouble. But he had, I think, the second highest true shooting percentage in college last year. Like he just he has a role, and that's what he does. He plays, right, right. he defends, and he'll he'll score every lob that you toss his right, way. Yeah, yeah. He'll get some rebound. Obviously, he's seven foot, but um, <laughs> I don't think that's really what they need when you got Zion. Also, right, yeah. um, I think he's a good player to to put next to Zion. He's very athletic too. Like he can keep up with fast-paced teams like that's one of the things that I know he was prided on in the draft was as a as a center at that size being able to have the athletic ability to 
run up and down the court faster than most, you know, other players on other teams. So, and get back in that defensive position, which is going to be huge. So, my only qualm with the Pelicans making the playoffs, I mean, maybe they could sneak in, but the West is still low. I mean, it's not like there's many prohibitive favorites in the West, but it's still loaded, I think. Top to bottom. Yeah. Like, the only teams I can guarantee won't make the playoffs are, like, the Suns and... Is that it? Probably, right? Who else is in the West? <laughs> oh, the teams that are in the Western Hemisphere. Hemisphere! <laughs> but, uh... Is that all of them? My qualm with that is, like, let's say their starting lineup is Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jackson Hayes, right? Grizzlies won't make the playoffs. Right, okay, so Grizzlies and some. That's probably it, though. I guess maybe the Timberwolves, but who knows? Yeah, probably the Timberwolves. You never know. But the thing is, all those players are in their young 20s, except for Drew, and they really haven't proven anything in the league or haven't really proven to be cohesive in winning, right? I just... I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because I think they're going to they're going to be exciting. They're going to be they're going to be you know decent, but I don't think we should really expect a team that young to make the playoffs um, quite yet. But I think their future looks bright with a, many long playoff runs in the in years to come. I just I mean I don't know like Lonzo and Ingram are pretty good and they're certainly getting better, but they're not you know fully baked yet. And obviously Zion and Jackson are rookies, so. It's pretty tough to win at this level with that young of players. Didn't they also get um, what's his name from uh, they their third first round draft pick? They got um, Virginia Tech Nikhil mm-hmm. uh, Alexander Walker. He is what do also... we call him? Naw. <laughs> wow, I like that. Um, is he their starting point guard? Naw. Is he a point guard? Yeah, he's technically a shooting guard. So no. um, he didn't shoot though. <laughs> but. Defensively, I know he's also a stud. And, you know, so I like the fact that they're at... That was one of the problems, I feel like, with them was besides Drew and Anthony Davis when he was on the court, no one else on that team could defend. And now they had a a lot, you know, defensive depth through the draft. So, I don't know, I just... I like to also overreact to big-name, you know, players coming out of college, so... Well, the thing is, like, I... Like, they're all talented players, but when's the last time a team made the playoffs where their best players are, like, rookies and third-year players, you know? An impossible question to answer. Utah, last year? Or two years ago now? Well, oh, when Donnie yeah. led them? Yeah. But they had, like, Rudy, who's pretty old. They have Drew. Yeah. So the Utah I mean, Jazz... it's happened before. <laughs> it's not I mean, inconceivable, I guess I wouldn't it's be not like, likely. I guess yeah. I wouldn't be, like, shocked if they sneak into a low seed, but I would be mildly surprised. Do you guys think the Lakers should be favorites? Definitely not. I mean, who's to say? Like, I have to see the rest of the roster, right? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of rosters. They're still up in the air, so yeah. that's why we don't know what's going to happen. But the Lakers should not because I don't like them. So, next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, no it is questions. really how much confidence do you have in them being able to fill out the rest of their roster? Right, I don't have Maybe any. some bookies are thinking that they will get Kemba and that that's all they need or maybe it just speaks to how wide open the west is and they say all right well one team has lebron so it's probably so but the the thing we're talking about you know them spending basically the rest of their cap on another max player so that they could have technically their own big three i mean the last time lebron did this in cleveland they made it to 
yeah. the finals however many years in a row, you know? Like, it was him, Kevin Love, and Kyrie, and then what was the rest of the team? Right. No and one. Anthony Davis is way better than Kevin Love Either, and Kyrie, so... Probably combined, so... <laughs> <laughs> then you add, you know, one... Like, a pretty decently, I feel like, underrated point guard in Kemba, who can create his own shot and, you know, distributes the ball well. So, know. is there any way... They can get a max slot somehow, right? Because if they Kemba's not signing for 22. Wagner they get rid of Wagner and uh, Bonga, but then I don't... Well, how they're still going to be over the tax that? no matter what, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. unless they just sign, fill out the rest of their roster, which is... What, like 12 players of just, <laughs> just ass veteran players. minimums? Yeah, that has to be, right? So, I don't know. That's gonna be, it's going to be interesting. But, I mean, certainly they have a good shot at the finals either way, but I don't think the value is very good with those odds. It's LeBron with the best player he's ever played with right. and possibly a third player who's just as good as you know any other player he's ever played with. I just can't wait to see, like, hopefully a motivated LeBron next year with Anthony Davis on his team. Hopefully he just comes out and We basically you, have... Like, LeBron on a year and a half of rest at yeah, this point, exactly, though. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So. That could be dangerous. That's, that is dangerous. I'm getting a little aroused. I don't know about a year and a half. Well, I mean. What did he play last year? 30 games? Right, so that's one year of rest. <laughs> yeah, but playoff but, rest at least. You know, yeah. he hasn't played a hard so playoff like, game since last uh, playoffs. So by the time so we season get to and the a playoffs. Half. So a season and a half, technically, I guess. Right? He's had some rest. How much? It's up for debate. I'm just saying he played his last year in Cleveland. Right, right. So and he's had one year of rest up until the start of next season. He'll have one year of rest. I'm not sure where you get into the half. I don't by, know. by missing the playoffs. <laughs> when it's LeBron who usually plays the playoffs. So that's, you know. Add another half. I would say based on <laughs> how, <a> half year. <laughs> how tough the playoffs can be, I'm adding that as like an extra, uh, you know. <laughs> counts as a full half season. Right, right. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, should we move on or what? Yeah, might, might as well. Okay, so let's talk about the Celtics, Kyrie, Al, the entire uh, state. Danny draft picks? I know you're both going to come in hot on this one. I'm limbering up, ready for this. Let me give a little background. Uh, Kyrie is basically packed his bags for Brooklyn. He's uh, ghosted them. He's ghosted, he's ghosted the, Celtics. the Celtics. Although, good riddance. Yeah, the Celtics don't really care. Uh, I mean, maybe they say they do, but... Seth doesn't, and he is a Celtics. Right. And uh, Al Horford has said that he's not coming back to the Celtics, which is another big blow. Seth's literally crying right now. And um, so they're going to roll into next season, it looks like, unless they make another big move with uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, and uh, that's about it. So Gordon Hayward, baby. I always forget, I always about, forget about him. I know. So, uh, Seth, why don't you start since you're a Celtics fan, and you tell us your feelings on the state of the Celtics and maybe talk a little bit about Danny Ainge because Kyle's been at his throat in the last few days. <laughs> right. So I'm disappointed the Celtics are not re-signing Al Horford. And it was a roller coaster of emotions because the first reports were saying Al is opting out, but he's likely to re-sign with the Celtics and get a few more years of security for less money. And now it's looking like he's for sure leaving. Um, so I wonder how much money Al's going to get from somebody else, mm-hmm. and I guess that'll determine if I feel like the Celtics should have paid him that amount or not. Other than that, I still feel like Danny Ainge has done a really good job, and I don't really blame him for the kind of downward swing in the roller coaster where we're at right now. I think kind of like we talked about with the uh, Durant injury, 
it's like you have to base the quality of a decision not too much on the outcome but just on the information that you had at the beginning when you were making that decision right Mm -hmm. so we go back and look through the trades that the Celtics did not make in the past right the Paul George they didn't get Paul George well at the time everyone thought he would be a one-year rental so they didn't really want to give up anything and And maybe he would have been on the Celtics yeah Uh, maybe he just loves Russell Westbrook and that's the reason he stayed (laughs) or maybe it was tampering with the Lakers yeah conspiracy whatever and even that year he wasn't as good as he was as he was this past year as well and then Kawhi there was even more uncertainty around that because you had the injury factor you didn't know if he was going to return to his pre-injury form or what that whole thing was going on and another one-year rental and another one-year rental which still could come true yeah so I don't blame them for that in hindsight, I right. would say, yeah, we should have done Kawhi right. for Jalen Brown or whatever. That's the one trade where, in hindsight, that was a mistake. Right. And so, but maybe, it, maybe you can say like, well, I need my general manager to like, be able to see it into the future and like calculate those risks correctly. But I can't really blame him because I would have done the same thing in that situation. And then now, Davis again would project as a one-year rental. So, but they also especially still probably if they're losing him. Kyrie, yeah, right? Exactly. So the one trade that they did do was getting Kyrie Irving, which at the mo- at the moment of the trade seemed like a steal that everyone yeah. in the league would have done. And Isaiah even later, Thomas, it does honestly because Isaiah isn't even a rotation player anymore. Right. Isaiah crumbled, yeah, which was a bummer. Um, but we got Kyrie Irving, and you know the one thing you could say is maybe we should have anticipated kind of the turmoil that he'd bring to the locker room because of the nature of him requesting a trade away from Cleveland, but I don't think anyone in the league really predicted that that was going to happen or that that was just who he was as a player. Mm-hmm. Whereas now that's kind of what we're thinking is like, that's just who he is and he's never going to be happy and yeah. not a good teammate, etc. So I think Danny did a good job with all those moves. We also like need to give him credit for signing Al Horford and signing Gordon Hayward to begin with. If Gordon had never gotten injured, maybe this is a completely different conversation, right? You never know what would have happened the last two years. If we had, like, uh, Utah Gordon Hayward a year ago in the playoffs when we made the Eastern Conference Finals, if we just had Hayward on that team, even without Kyrie, maybe they beat the Cavs, I don't know. Um, And... Even still, with Al leaving, I'm fairly optimistic. I don't think we're a title favorite. But if Gordon can make another step back towards what he used to be, if Jason and Jalen can progress as we might expect them to, I think we'll definitely have a competitive team in the East. And hopefully the team chemistry will rebound and Marcus Smart will do his thing. One more thing, too. You got to give him credit for just fleecing the Sixers on trading down for Tatum, where yeah. Tatum is a great, uh, seems like perhaps at least has the potential to be a future all star, and Markel Fultz can't even play. So obviously that one turned out pretty good for them. Markel Fultz looks good sitting on the sidelines, though. He's always <laughs> dressed to the occasion. Almost as good as Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> Not quite, though. <laughs> All right, Kyle, come at Danny. Uh, so over the last couple days, my. You know, big thing was just the fact that Danny Ainge, who I now refer to as Danny Draft Picks, 
All he seems to want to do is just accumulate assets and assets and future assets. And obviously, as we've seen, is unwilling to part with them pretty much to improve his team. Like, we know how small a window teams have in the NBA to win a championship. And he had the opportunity to get rid of, you know, whether it be Jalen or Tatum, even if it was for one-year rental of a player because you didn't know if Paul George would come back or if Kawhi would come back or if Kyrie stayed and you got AD, if AD would come back. But at the same time, like, you have to make certain decisions, you know, to improve your team in the short term in hopes that they do, you know, make a run and that that turns into then players wanting to come back or being an even more attractive destination for other top players to come and want to play for you so that you can hopefully extend that window again. Um, And he's just, like, failed to do so, in my opinion, by refusing to part ways with Jalen Brown, with Jason Tatum, who didn't come into the sophomore season, you know, and improve like everyone thought he was going to improve. You know, you could say, well... He just had a down year. What's his second year? He should make some type of leap. And what's to say, you know, he's not going to make another leap, you know, or not going to make a leap going into his third year. These are players that we don't know when we could you could have dealt them for players that are known to be, you know, top 10 players in the NBA. Whether it's for a year, whether it's for two years, like those are, in my mind, decisions and trades that should have been made, you know, you can't always know the outcome of something, but you have to gamble on the, you know, fact that it will improve your team to the extent to make an NBA Finals run. So a couple of things I want to say about this, um, and I definitely see the point of your argument, but um, like going into last year, I I think most people thought, I certainly thought that the Celtics were primed to have a sustained championship uh, contention run. Um, with we us assuming that Kyrie would be retained, with assuming that <clears throat> Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were going to take a jump forward, with assuming that Gordon Hayward would eventually return to his former self and with assuming that they would make a move for Anthony Davis, right? All those things. I mean, you looked at the Celtics as the team with the brightest future in the league, and um, they wanted to keep Jalen Brown because if you're trying to win a championship in five years, that's going to be you know one of your three best players probably. And, um, and I think we were all thinking that way. And why would you throw away, you know, looking at that, why would you throw away maybe – a long sustained five year run at the playoffs when you for a player that's going to leave in a year for maybe one title run now that's maybe a little uh, silly way to think because it just doesn't happen that way in the NBA where you really have that sustained run right unless you have already have a superstar on a contract for a long time so that was probably maybe a mistake of us to think Um, but I just my qualm with that with the argument that they should have traded for Kawhi. 
and it does obviously seem like a glaring mistake to trade Jalen to not trade Jalen Brown for Kawhi since Kawhi just won a championship or and Jalen Brown was. I thought not it was even Jason better. Tatum that was the one that was holding that up that he didn't want to get rid of. Jason. No, it was Jalen. That's what I heard at least. I mean, I wasn't in on the trade talks. Bill always says Jalen, but I don't know if they act like the Spurs actually would have done that or not. Right. What they should have done is traded Kyrie for Kawhi. Yeah. That would have been perfect. Yeah. But. But the thing is, like, this is all hindsight. Like, what if, what if, uh, Kawhi's shot doesn't go again against the 76ers and they lose in the, uh, in the semi, was it the semis or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, it was the second round, right? That's what the semis are. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What if they just lost in the second round? Would anyone be making the argument that the Celtics should have traded for Kawhi Leonard? I don't know. What if they lose the game three double overtime game against the Bucks and don't make it to the conference championships. Will we still be making the argument that they should have traded for Kawhi Leonard? I mean, now that we've seen Kawhi Leonard take a team for the to the finals and win the championship for one year, I think, you know, we say, oh, well, regardless of whether he leaves, you should have traded for him. But mm-hmm. what, I mean, he could have easily lost in the second round. That he... He had a game-winning shot that bounced on the rim four times. They were down 2-0 to the Bucks, and they had to win a double overtime game to even stay in the series. So, I mean, the, a lot of this is based on what he did this year, I feel like, and not based on, like, what the, like you said, what the information that was available at the time. So I just, I mean, it looks like a mistake in hindsight, but I don't know if we can really blame him for that, you know? I still trust Danny, and I am more optimistic than not about our future, but I am disappointed that Horford's leaving. And I think we probably should have paid him. But I don't know what he was asking, of course. I don't think Horford fits the new style, though, that they're kind of going for after, you know, once Kyrie left and they were presented the, you know, um, like, I think Horford wanted to be there, but I don't know if they came to the right number, and that's kind of why. Yeah. That's what it seemed like, at least. Yeah. And I get they don't want to hold their or put all their money into you know obviously Gordon Hayward's getting paid like 32 million next year do you really want to pay how old is Al like 30 or something or 31 or he's yeah. getting up there for sure do you really want to pay him close to 30 million too when at this point now you're back in kind of a rebuilding stage not really so right I mean it makes sense yeah I think that this like argument is very similar to the Kevin Durant Achilles argument right which is like I mean, it's definitely, it is a mistake because of the results. You know, it was a, obviously a mistake to play Kevin Durant because he tore his Achilles. It was obviously a mistake not to trade Jalen Brown for Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard won the championship and Jalen Brown took a step back. But at the time, I... He took a step back jumper? Yeah, and he missed it. God, so can you imagine? You can't have that on your team. So, I mean, but at the time, I don't know. I think the inf- with the information presented, that was the best decision they could have made. But, you know... It didn't turn out well. It didn't turn out well for either parties. Uh, Anything else to say, boys? I got something to say about Houston. Oh, great! That's our next next topic. Really? So uh, things aren't as sunshine and flowers in Houston as we as we may have previously thought. Although I'd say there's a lot of flowers in Houston. Usually pretty sunny. I've been to Houston. It was sunny while I was there. (laughs) Um, So there seems to be a bit of bit of tension. I wouldn't say dysfunction. I think it's a well-run organization, but I think there's just a little, you know, what's the word? Turmoil? Tension. <laughs> right now between uh, the front office and and, um, and Mike D'Antoni because 
he hasn't been offered the extension that he would have wanted, um, and he hasn't been offered to be paid like he feels like he should be. Uh, and so that's a little bit of a rift, and there's also maybe a bit of a rift happening with James Harden and Chris Paul um, because obviously these are two, you know, superstars with big egos. Maybe Chris Paul's a former superstar, but, you know, and two um, players that like to be on the ball a lot, and that's causing a little bit of attention. Um, there's an article by... Tim McMahon um, on ESPN that that we read this morning that kind of detailed the this not the dysfunction I would say tension I think it's I mean from what it sounds like it's probably solvable but certainly not ideal right What are you talking about Houston Rockets yeah. You may have heard are you about talking about the Chris Paul thing Are you were you looking at your phone <laughs> that whole time I was talking that entire time Yeah. I'm not saying. Uh, so they're talking about the Chris Paul easy. stuff. Easy. Let me talk one more second. There, they, there was. I know what you're gonna say. There was a report that Chris Paul, um, was uh, demanded a trade. Demanded a that trade, which Kyle sent to us. So I don't know why he's acting all yeah. antsy over here, and that turned out to be incorrect. So, but I'm referring to an article which was, I think, well reported that there's a little bit of tension. That's all. No. Both like within the whole organization, like not just between. Not Paul just and Harden, Harden, but the front office but, and and Mike as well. Oh, the D'Antoni thing, yeah. I did hear you say that. I'm, I'm glad I had to say it again. Attention. I'm here. I'm here. So thoughts? No. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. Great. I think it's like, and it's actually kind of tough so, that this is happening right now as the Warriors dynasty takes a hit. You right. know, this maybe would have been the chance, and still could be. It could still could be the chance for the Rockets. The to win West is wide open, as we all know. Right, but they just they just have. To, <laughs> I feel like there's some joke to be made with saying the West is wide open. I was going to say something about legs wide open because yeah. I was looking at that, but mm. so yeah, for, those, leg, for those at home, open. it's the uh, it's the lamp from uh, Christmas Vacation. No, what time are we call Christmas Vacation? <laughs> but it's not an actual lamp. It's just a picture of a lamp that's actually a it's the leg. Trash can. <laughs> it's the you leg. Fools. It's the leg lamp from um, what's it called? Gone in sixty Kevin's- seconds. <laughs> Why can't we think of that Christmas movie? Christmas uh, home Story? Alone. No, not Home Alone. A Christmas, Christmas story. story? Yes. Yeah, right, Christmas right. story. I've never seen a Christmas story. Home so Alone? Where am I at? I said, gone in 60 Elmer's. seconds. Uh, so anyway, all that being aside, <laughs> the West is wide open, and this the Houston Rockets have been knocking on the door of a championship the last two years, but the Warriors have stood in their way. Now, no more Warriors in their way, but it seems like they have this inner turmoil. But, I mean, if they can figure this out, they're certainly one of the favorites, right? I wouldn't say certainly the favorites. No, I would say but... uncertainly. <laughs> It, uh, I mean, I, they're kind of similar to the Celtics in that they have a GM who Kyle likes more than Danny, but... But he's Daryl Draft Picks. <laughs> he's not Daryl Draft Picks. But he's a, a bold general manager who's well-regarded in the league, who's not, who, like, changes up the team pretty frequently. Um, and I think, like, I have a lot more confidence in the Rockets' ability to fill out the roster around their two stars than I do in the Lakers. The The difference with Daryl and Danny is that I think we've seen Daryl's not really afraid to spend his assets that he has to improve his team for the short term. It's because like, his assets well, aren't as good. What would you say? What would you say? Because Danny he keeps did. Re, he keeps trading them to improve. That's what the Kyrie trade was, though. That's exactly what Danny did. He traded the Nets pick, which was considered to be their best asset, and Isaiah Thomas, who was a thirty point per game scorer for Kyrie Irving for what turned out to be the short term. So, I mean, that's yeah, but it wasn't expected to be short term. 
Was it? Okay, well, that's even better then, right? That's, it makes the decision better by Danny then. I think Daryl's a better GM than Danny. I think they're probably two of the top five, right? Yeah. I think most people... I guess I don't know that many but... GMs, except for your boy from Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I remembered his was name. Was Daryl Hammond or whatever? <laughs> or is that the creative Jurassic Park again? That was the creative Jurassic Park. <laughs> John Hammond, wasn't it? Oh, no, that's yeah. the guy from Jurassic Park, isn't no, it? No, oh. it's John Hammond. Who's the guy is from Jurassic John Park? <laughs> Look up the guy from Jurassic Park... The guy who created Jurassic Park, like George the, Lucas, no, no, or in the show, Al Rosetti, in the movie, who made Jurassic Park? In the movie, yeah, who made the movie. No, who made the park in the movie? The character's name. That's who I'm thinking of. And then also oh, look up the the Milwaukee Bucks. The show. old guy with the cane. Yeah. That's what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. While he's doing that, uh... <laughs> <laughs> got someone on that very important business. John I, Hammond created the park. Oh, so John Hammond created John the park. So Daryl Hammond must be the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think it was a Daryl. It's Darryl. not Daryl. Wait, is <laughs> Daryl Philbin from The Office? <laughs> this podcast is going off the rails. It's not uh, always. But, okay, what I want to say John about Horst. 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 Wait, wasn't John Hammond was the Horst. old... Look up the old GM that's now the, the GM for another team. Daryl Morey? No, like, I think he's like the Magic's GM or something like that. Whose last well, name I think is his, Hammond? I think his name is also John Hammond. Becky Hammond is the assistant coach for the Spurs. Yeah, and she created... Wow, John park. Hammond. That's why I always get Who confused. Was Orlando? The former, yeah, Orlando. former GM of, of the, the Bucks, Bucks. Yes. is John Hammond, and he also created Jurassic Park. Right. We've come full circle. <laughs> anyway, now that that's settled, what I was going to say about Houston is that when they first got traded, when Chris Paul first got traded to the Rockets, this is what I was worried about, and it's kind of funny that it took two years to materialize. Yeah. You know, because I, when I, I think I may have said this to you guys when it first happened, I'm like, I'm worried, like, Chris Paul is really dominant on the ball, and so is James Harden, like... I kind of usually hate when people say there's only one ball, but in this case, there really is only one ball. Do you I know? They played well, well four balls, though. I guess, with both of them. Five. <laughs> they played well together. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny that it's taken and it took okay. this long for any here's the, here's the other thing, though, is the Rockets, as you're saying, Daryl made this decision where he traded a bunch of assets for like short term to make the team great, right? And now you see those assets on the Clippers. Montrez Harrell, Patrick Beverly, whoever else they traded, <laughs> maybe actually panning out Lou to Lou Williams, exactly. Maybe panning out to create a championship team for the Clippers if they can add Kawhi. So maybe that's just one of those times where both teams are happy with their trade. But I think the Clippers are probably set up for more long term success. And I think, Kyle, your point of like, you could just keep trading in for the future of the future and then never actually come to the right. present where yeah. you're good. Right. But finding that balance is what Makes all teams are looking for. Yeah. And Daryl and Danny are just like kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <clears throat> it'd be funny if the Clippers won a championship before the Rockets. And they have higher odds at this point, right? No, they're about the same actually 10 to one, nine to one. See, I'm learning. Rumor. I mean, obviously, that depends on Kawhi. And obviously, the Rockets have been closer than the Clippers have in the past years. But yeah, it'd be a kind of uh, sweet justice. I just wonder, was it game five against the Warriors when Harden like didn't do anything in the fourth quarter? I think so. And I Took wonder if, shots. just thinking back on that, was that like he and Chris Paul had been like having these arguments and then he's like, you know what, fine, see what happens if I don't shoot maybe, in the fourth maybe. quarter and you can try to win the game. I, 
See, this is what wild speculation. This is what I talked about before the series, where like I just have more faith in a Warriors type offense that's egalitarian with a lot of ball movement and cuts off of screens than I have in uh, an offense that works very well in the regular season, where James Harden just does ninety percent of the work and finds open shooters. But that just doesn't work in the playoffs. And I mean, I'm glad because I don't like watching it. I don't like watching the jazz players just hump hard and into a floater every time. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, I can see that on Pornhub if I want, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, in present, now that everything is fine with Paul, Harden, and Daryl, they are looking at trading Capella still. Mm-hmm. Clit? That's going to be big for my fantasy team. He's a, he's a yearly player. You can't get rid of the clit. Yeah. That's no, kidding. You can. Sometimes you can't find it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you got to pull back the hood sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Put the kids to bed if it hasn't been said. Dear God, I swear to God. It's a 1.30 p.m., but they should still be in bed. Do you know the clitoris has like a hundred times oh, okay. more nerve endings than the head of a penis? Yeah, we yeah, know. I didn't know that. Does he think we're not aficionados of the, <laughs> the clitoris? The female <laughs> reproductive system? <laughs> anyway... Back to Capella. Who would take that contract, though? I guess it's pretty favorable, kind of. Boston has been looking at it, I've seen. I wouldn't mind that. I just... <laughs> I Seth would. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, but it's like, he's not better than Horford, so I would rather just kept Al. Right, yeah. Maybe but he's younger. younger. But do you think his con- Al's contract is going to be bigger than Clit's? What's Clit, 80 million? That's not even that much. I mean, for me, it'd be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Look up Clit's contract right now. Why are you going back in your history? You ready looked it up? He just typed in Houston Rockets, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I think I think Clitz is like four years, eighty million or something like that, and he's pretty young. Well, Al's Ar- might be like nearer or higher than that. Yeah, number. But I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, sure, Al's proven he's better for winning, I guess. Okay, here's the thing: Clitz making sixteen and a half this year, seventeen and a half twenty twenty season, and eighteen and a half twenty twenty one season, and then nineteen and a half in twenty twenty two. That's pretty. Well, here's the big. He's thing on the contract for a while and. But here's the thing we don't think about: you can't you can't play Al out of a playoff game. He's like he's always gonna be your crunch time. You can play Clit yeah. out of certain matchups, right? You know when you're stuck in the pick and roll. It just depends on what Clit Capella you get. Yeah, I feel like the way the league is trending now, like against the Warriors, Kevon Looney outplayed Clit Capella. Right, he had and a really so, poor series. I, I don't know if something was wrong with him. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Maybe. He couldn't could catch a ball, so yeah, that was but weird. it just feels like if that's your center. Where they're just a rim running, setting screens, catching lobs, being a rim protector. You can kind of find those guys pretty easily and you don't need to pay big money, right? The Warriors aren't, like, Kevon Looney is just some guy. I mean, he's played well and he's been clutch, but it's not like somebody that they're going to give a big contract to. So I'm kind of like, if that's who my center is, I don't know if I really want to pay them to be the best version of that you know whereas Al has a lot more talents he can he plays better defense he can shoot at least an outside jumper shoot top top of the key threes like you said you can't play him off the court he's a good passer so I don't know I'm kind of lukewarm about that he's only 25 but he's never going to develop well he had his best offense. He had his best year this year that he's ever had. He averaged like sixteen and twelve. Well, because he knew I drafted him for my fantasy team. I mean, he's 
but he's never going to probably have an outside jump shot, and he's probably never going to be as good as Al is at defending the pick and roll, right? So He's a good rim protector, though. He is, for sure. You want to go to the draft? Yeah, might as well. I got to get back. To this you. is your time to shine because we, me and Seth know nothing. Tell us about the draft that just happened yesterday, the NBA draft, you might say. We watched the first fourteen picks. Yeah, we did together. We held hands the whole time. How was that? Sexually or yeah, otherwise? Sexually. Good. Nice. Otherwise, okay. Got it. The wings were pretty good. Tenders actually. <laughs> um, interesting draft. That's for sure. Obviously, I already told you, Pelicans blew it out of the water with their picks. Uh, another team, though, that, um, you know, strikingly uh, had an incredible draft tonight was Memphis. We knew they were going to take Ja, not John. Jonathan Morant. Yeah. <laughs> we knew we were going to take. They were going to take Ja with the second pick. There were reports that teams were looking into getting that second pick, but basically, Milwaukee, or Milwaukee Memphis said, unless it's like, you know, an offer that we can't refuse. We're not getting rid of that pick because we want Ja. They should have. I think Ja was the second best player in the draft. So yeah, exactly. And um, then they had one other pick, which they turned into Brandon Clark. Which my dad wanted him for the Celtics. Yeah. The so. fact that he fell to twenty one was really surprising to me. I think I think he's just no not going to be bad. Yeah. There's no doubt that he's a better player than Rui Hachimura, who was taken top ten somehow. He is now for sure. I think. And like he just has so many skills that. Uh, translate to the NBA that he was like, especially at 21, you know, a can't lose draft pick pretty much in my opinion. Cause yeah. I mean, he might not be a star, but I think he's a, like his, I think his floor is like solid role player, you know? I mean, he around defensively around the rim, he is an animal. He is nuts. So I like that they added some, you know, uh, some defense. I think it's going to be really interesting watching Ja, him, and then see how they incorporate Jaron Jackson Jr. into that too, because they're both uh, power forwards. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if they're pro- Jaron though. I think played center. They could play a, him a at good center amount. Yeah. if they have like a yeah. Brandon would put well next to him. I think. Yeah, I think so too. So I really liked what they did. Um, I was really confused with Boston's first pick. They, they picked Romeo Langford out of IU. Um, a shooting guard who basically can't shoot. Can he guard, though? I've I, made that joke three times. It's only gotten <laughs> chuckles every time, but I'm still going to keep making it. He, uh, I think he's more of a wing, but that's just so obviously knowledge. Reports of a hand injury, but uh, last year that he was dealing with, he still only shot like 26% from the college three-point line, and he was never that great of a three-point shooter anyways. So... Uh, from what I read after that pick and last night and this morning was that uh, Brad Stevens loved him. He's basically going to be... Marcus Smart 2.0? He's going to be a um, kind of a project, which I don't know about spending your first pick. You know, your what was that? He was picked 14th. Spending that on a project player, but, you know... Well, if you're losing Kyrie now and you're not going to be titled right. anyway, I guess, you know. Right, so that was interesting. Um, but then they, in the second round, uh, ended up getting Carson Edwards, which I really thought the Warriors were going to take him. Uh, that's at least the reports I read. And he would have fit well in that team as a role player, you know. Uh, loves Cook big, style. Yeah, Quinn Cook. I guess you have Quinn Cook, so you didn't necessarily need him. But then again, they got a guard at that pick anyways. Who did the Warriors take? They took a... Um, Dick Trickle Sr. Help me out here. 
You're not going to help me. Well, Jordan yeah. Poole from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I would have preferred, obviously. Carson. Um, yeah, Carson. Didn't Carson preferred. score like 40 points every game in the tournament? Dude, Carson was nuts. <laughs> I watched him in the tournament. So he's but he's, he seems really small, though. That's he is small. Yeah. I think he's like 6'1 or something. Yeah, soaking uh, wet. With shoes. Yeah. He is. Maybe he's going to be like a little Isaiah. He is six foot, yeah. They but he has a six six though. wingspan. Hmm. Um, I don't know, so I like Carson, but isn't that just what you have to be to be in the NBA? You have a longer wingspan than your height, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> my uh, wingspan is probably like five two, so in what? Atlanta with a also really interesting draft too. Obviously, trading up so that they can take DeAndre Hunter fourth. Um, it's going to be interesting though, because. You know, drafting another power forward when you already have. Um, I mean, he's going to slide at a small forward, I think. You think so? Yeah. Or actually, no, he's going to slide at a shooting guard, I think, for them because they have DeAndre Kevin Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, because they have Kevin Herter. He's six foot eight. Tall shooting guard. Well, you know, they're all wings, Let's, whatever. Yeah. They're probably just. We don't play they're going to be ass anyway. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's I probably going to be Trey, DeAndre, Kevin Herter. Uh, Herter will probably play the two, I think. What's their John power Collins. forward? John Collins and uh, Davis Center. Or is John in their center? Who? Is John Collins going to play center then? That's what I was wondering. If yeah, they're going to slot so. John to center and yeah. just have DeAndre play the four, most likely. I like DeAndre yeah. Hunter, though. He was awesome at Virginia. Um, he has a lot of stuff that <clears> translates <throat> to the NBA. Uh, interesting, though, at 10 to take Cam Reddish, who... You know, who took him? Atlanta. Oh, they did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He obviously physically is an incredible player but he just didn't really show a whole lot last season at Duke and you know that's hard though to interpret because Duke also had two players that went ahead of him with at the one and the what three three pick yeah with RJ and Zion so it's kind of hard to be able to find your shot in an offense like that so um I'm a little concerned that he is a little Andrew Wiggins in him where he just disappears exactly yeah so that was an interesting pick to take at 10 but um, what was it? The second round, though, I, I think they picked up, um, you know, kind of a project player out of Maryland, Bruno Fernando. Uh, I remember watching him in the tournament, and he's impressive. Um, but you know, there's just some holes in his game that, like I said, it's going to be a project, and they're going to need to work on. But uh, I well, the 76ers got my boy Admiral uh, Schofield. Schofield, so they're probably going to win the title next year. Yeah. Definitely. With a name like Admiral, it's got to be right. Um, oh, also, surprisingly, Cleveland had a really good draft. you think I'd ever say it. That's I've shocking. Who's even their GM now? You know, like, two GMs. So why are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Daryl Moyer or Danny Ainge? If not, that, I don't know. So, it was interesting, obviously, with um, the fifth pick taking another point guard. Um, but I think what they did was... That early in the draft, you know, a lot of times there's arguments of do you just draft talent or do you draft what you need? And I think they leaned more towards drafting talent. And at that point, Darius Garland was probably the most talented player on the board. Um, Maybe not in my mind because I think there were a lot of steals late that should have went higher up. But um, point guard wise, he was definitely the best point guard available. But you also have a point guard in Colin Sexton who's going to be going into his second year. So I don't really know what they're going to do. So I, me and Seth were watching an outrageous video today <laughs> where this guy claimed that uh, they were becoming the Blazers of the East. Like, that's their own Damon CJ. But yeah. the problem is both these players are worse and smaller. 
So. I mean, I can see that. Well, <laughs> Colin Sexton was really actually impressive, like, the last two months of the season. <clears throat> and Darius Garland is a much more prolific shooter than... But the problem is neither of them really is. play make that much. Like, they're more of scorers, you know, from what I've seen. But maybe that'll develop with time. I don't know. Yeah, so Whatever, they're going to be asked anyway. What do they care? I mean, the East is wide <laughs> open, too, so you never know. But uh, <laughs> You heard it here first. Cleveland's making the playoffs uh, this year. Though, one of those steal picks that I was talking about late round was um, Cleveland trading up and getting the wet bucket Dylan Windler. Mm. I don't know if you watched him at all. He was in the tournament. Oh, yeah. no, the no, wet no. bucket? Do you think I didn't watch that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Dude is... He's honestly a monster. Like, wow. he's... Uh, yeah. Like, the Loch Ness... They're allowed, to, they're allowed to um, play monsters in the starting five? No, he is very tran- has very translatable skills also to the NBA to where he is incredible from deep. That's basically, you know, his forte is the deep shot. And then he's a very good ball handler too. So I know you got Darius Garland and you got Sexton who's mostly going to control the ball. But I think as a late late first round flyer on a guy he was definitely the best pick that they could have made um they're turning into though a really fast team and i don't think people are thinking about that which so it's going to be interesting they're going to be a lot more transition uh friendly good kevin love can throw those outlet passes Mm. right yeah those really get me going they sure do so it was an interesting draft overall uh the clippers got my guy though i would say his name mafia Captain Gelly. It was funny because yesterday when we were watching the draft, he couldn't think of his name. <laughs> I couldn't think. I couldn't think of his first name. He I was, was like, so, Captain Gelly. What's his first name? What's his first he was name? so disappointed in himself. I'm like, I'm not going to blame you for forgetting Mafiendu. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. They added. He is. Uh, he was incredible at Florida State last year. The one, you know, thing that I seen a lot talked about was his like assist ratio, which was like he assists on like. Two percent of the plays that he was in on sounds like me, um, roughly. But at the same time, he's at Florida State and he was their biggest scoring threat. So, in a position like that, I don't really know how much they were even asking him to make passes. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's no one else really on the floor that has your scoring ability, why are you gonna you know make those passes when you score at the the efficiency that he was scoring at? So, and defensively, he's awesome. He's great from deep. I think he shot like. 30-something percent from three as a power forward. He is... He was a steal. Another steal. A lot of late-round steals. Wow. We'll see. I feel like every year after the draft, you talk about how great all the players are, and then, like, two years later, we've forgotten about, like, two-thirds of them. Yeah. You know what I... You know what I wish happened more? Like, in baseball, there you see so many teams compiling these uh, great... Um, minor league players in hopes that they make it to the MLB and when they do it's like something you know mm-hmm. something comes from it but in the NBA I wish like the the G League was more proficient in actually like yeah trying to accumulate talent so that they can make it to the NBA I think that's what they want the G League to turn to is like basically the minor leagues of the NBA so we'll see I hope that happens. that happens me too yeah all right well anything else any final thoughts me and Kyle have to go see a man about a car about a dog so is that is that like the last line of Google Hunting? I have to go see a car about a girl, a girl about a car. I have to go see about a girl. Yeah, oh, that's, that's it? what it is. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, that was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, well, Marcus Gasol is an NBA champion uh, and the love of my life. So this, Sorry, has been another, this has been another edition of the Marcus Gasol podcast <laughs> where we discuss all things Mark and Spain. He chugged an entire bottle of wine at the Prid. That so was incredible. That was incredible. Yeah. Well, nice what way. else do you expect from a Spaniard? That's right. very true. <laughs> South, any thoughts? That's his stature. I know you always have final thoughts. I do not. What is his podcast, though? It's the... Uh, we haven't done that in a while. I don't know why we back? haven't. It's the uh, podcast that no one wanted, no one needed, and no one deserved. That's not what it was. Yeah, you but it. no one deserved, no one wanted, Something no one asked happened. for. Something happened, though, on the third day. I think he tweaked. <laughs>